0: Henry, who is on, what's
1: on the table today? What's on the table today? Well, well, let me tell you, we have an exciting (laughs) program today. We are going to talk about one of the most, I think, most impactful ministries that we have in uh, in our era, especially for pastors. And so we're talking about ministry. We're talking about health. We're talking about what's happening at Oakwood <laughs> University. Oh, I'm excited about what's going on and the guests. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Who Who is at the table? Not on the table, but who is at the table?
2: <laughs> I don't know. This one might be on the table too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, you know, as a as a preacher, I think we get the, we're on the table a lot on Sabbath, right? That's right.
2: That's <laughs> right. So just pass the salt in the hot sauce and we should be oh good. My. All right. Yeah. So at the table today, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us none other than Dr. Jesse Wilson. He is uh, one of the faculty at Oakwood University. He is teaching in the religion and uh, theology and religion department. He is also the director of pelk. And we're gonna tell you a little bit about that in just a moment. But we are so excited to have uh, Dr. Wilson with us. He is a thought leader, a leader among leaders. Um, he gets in there, gets his hands dirty, and we are we are excited to have him finally with us here at uh, at the pastors round table. And then no less, uh, Roger, who else do we have at the table today, Doc? Oh
0: my goodness, it is a great joy to pr- not only a good friend, but a, a colleague in ministry. Uh, She holds uh, the distinct um, designation of being one of the few women as leaders of a regional conference youth director. I am speaking none other than our very own Pastor Kimberly Mann.
2: Whoa. All right. All right. We are excited about that. We're going to bring them onto your screen right now and here they are ladies and gentlemen dr jesse wilson and pastor kimberly Mann. and just after dr henry leads us in an opening word of prayer we're going to give them just a quick minute to greet you
1: Let us pray. Father, we are just grateful, God, that you've given us the opportunity to uh, just talk about these exciting topics, topics that can impact our ministry. We pray, Lord, that as we go through this uh, show today, uh, this discussion today, that you will bless it. Thank you for our guests, God. We are excited about them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.
2: So, and so what we're going to do is we're going to give you each about 37.8 seconds to just address the audience and say whatever it is you want to say, any shout outs, anything that you want people to know. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out who should we have go first. Uh, Roger, you call it. (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. Heads, tails. Let's have our yeah, yeah. own Kimberly man. 39.7 <laughs> seconds, go.
3: Um, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to hang out with these uh, men of God. I'm happy to be the Rose Among Thorns today. Come on now. Um, and so <laughs> I'm excited to be uh, with everybody and just share what we have going on. And shout out to Roger. And we work closely many, many, many uh, years. So it's nice to be at his table and not on his table. <laughs> Man. Um. So yeah, that's it.
2: All right. She. Uh, she. Uh, I. I think she left some time on the table for you, Doc. Um. Uh, so because I yeah, know man. that I know that
3: Jesse. I know that Jesse's long-winded. So it's okay.
2: Absolute, absolutely, absolutely.
4: <laughs> What's up? What's up, everybody? It's good to be here. And uh, I've seen a little bit of the. The Pastor's Round Table Man. You know, I'd never seen the opening, man. That thing's kinda Star Wars, man. Real epic opening, <laughs> man.
2: <laughs> she said Star Wars. Wow. Star Wars.
4: It was good. Well listen, g- greetings from Oakwood University and certainly the Pastoral Evangelism and Leadership Council. We start mm-hmm. on woo what Sunday tomorrow? Night? Sunday night. Tomorrow. Glad that Rogers <laughs> working with us. And listen, look, Kim is on the steering committee, man. They say I'm the coordinator, but you' talking to the real coordinator. All man. right now.
2: Oh, she's over here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, good to be here. Listen, I just
3: do it. I just do what Jesse gives me permission to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't
2: <laughs>
4: believe
2: it. <laughs> Hey, and you know what? That that that's always. And I I'm, I'm just going to gas Doc up for for just a minute here because that you know that's what that's what good leaders do. Mm-hmm. Leaders give people space and room to do um, what the, what uh, what's going to be helpful to achieving the mission and the goal. And so Doc, mm-hmm. uh, we we so many of us we we don't always get a chance to tell you. And say it to you, but from afar, we want you to know how much we appreciate uh, what you're doing with Pelk. And and we're going to take this opportunity because a lot of our audience has no clue (laughs) what Pelk is. And so that's why we've invited you guys here today.
4: This is year 41 for us. We're excited about it. And uh, we've been doing this thing right here at Oakwood University. Started in, uh, what, Mosley Chapel, 41 years ago talked to uh, Dr. Mervyn Warren today, and he was just giving me a little history lesson again. I see the documents, but it's good that those guys are still around, at least most of them. And so we come together every year for continuing ed and motivation. And this year will be our first virtual and we're looking forward to it. Awesome. Wow.
2: awesome. All right. All so, 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 all so, right.
4: As, as I
0: alluded to, um, where, where, where do most of these uh, uh, you know, we alluded to this gathering was this was there something happening before um you know this what is this the first of its kind in the adventist church
4: it's the largest of its kind it's the longest running of this kind it's really like a continuing ed conference on steroids is what it is because mm-hmm. everybody does it they just haven't done it as long um mm-hmm. uh, and we probably have um, more people coming from different areas for this conference than most conferences would. So it's unique in that regard.
3: It's the pastoral cookout for Adventists.
2: <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. exactly. You know exactly. what though? That that's um, yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great way to put that. Uh, Kim.
4: He's right. So, so, so when did it start? When, when, when started did it in help? 79, started okay. in 79, man. And, now, uh, now I know it had
0: a different name because when I when I was at school at Oakwood, it was a different. It, it may have a different flavor too, you know. Did um, you come
4: out to these with then, Roger? Were you attending the the uh, evangelism I, councils I, at that point? Did you? I, I, did, you... I did show up. It, 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 yeah, like okay. I said, it, I yeah, big, yeah. it was. I got you. All right, let, let me let me let me help you. Yes,
2: let me. I didn't know you were that old, Roger. <laughs> 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 it,
4: it was evangelism council and oh, uh, started. 41 years ago, 1979, and uh, Warren was telling me today that the first speaker was Elder Ward. No, Rock was the first speaker in the morning, and I know yeah. later in the day, Elder um, uh, Eric Ward spoke, and I think oh, they wow. had a plenary session by Mervin Warren, and I know the evening was capped off by E.E. E. Cleveland, and so that was 41 years ago, bro, wow. and we've been doing that. We've been doing the same thing, just expanding it and tweaking it, and Uh, And listening to folk And uh, just Mm -hmm. having a good time for 41 years Wow Wow, Man
2: just think Roger I was like only in like second grade man
4: Yeah right
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say I was there at the beginning I was there while it was going on (laughs) Uh, 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 Pastor Kim uh, Any memories of of, of evangelism council? Mercy
3: um, so one of my favorite memories was, okay, so the sermon that just for me takes the cake was Where the Myrtles Grow. That yeah. sermon was so <laughs> phenomenal. The way he set that thing up, that was just, um, it was just amazing. And and that sermon stuck with me. And every time I would hear it on the radio, I would literally have to like pull over just to shout on where the myrtles grow so if you need an extra word tonight listen uh jesse we need to we need to try to pull that thing up because that was a blessing um that's a classic
4: william houston curtis
3: yes yes so we had some great great memories and then um we brought in um what was the artist we brought in that year
4: um I don't know if it was Mauret Brown Clark. Yes, or, uh, it
3: was yes, and she yes, sang was. The House Down. Yes, Listen, did. if you didn't come to Jesus that day, you just don't know. Him. Because <laughs> that was a bad yeah. thing was a blessing. And you know, Pelk is really special for me. Uh, my husband and I got married Pelk weekend I knew 6 it. years ago. Yes. <laughs> yes, so Pelk is extra special um for us because we were like, wait a minute. All the pastors are gonna be here for pelk. We can just get married pretty much for free. And so And so we actually got married uh pelk weekend six years ago. So pelk is significant for me for a couple reasons. Oh,
2: I thought you were gonna say we met at Pelk, but that's still just as good. You got married. At no, pelk.
3: we didn't okay. meet it, but we got we 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 met at alumni weekend, but we got married at Pelk. So, okay, you know, Oakwood good. has a special place in our hearts but yeah that's i mean that has been just uh phenomenal and then it either always rains or snows pelk weekend
4: yeah it does yeah it does it
3: snowed last year like for real
2: all right
0: wow look back at the history of pelk are there any major milestones I, I, dr kim pastor kim you shared about uh with, uh uh curtis's sermon but what are there other kinds of milestones that just stand out in in your in your mind either one of you in terms of why this is such a draw to so many preachers
4: yeah i think that um you know when you look at the history of pelkin started in 79 the religion department initially was uh leading out and um along with the church has always been a collaboration between the oakland (laughs) university church and uh and pelkin continues to this day but i for about the first six seven eight nine years Uh Doctor Reeves was the chairman of the religion department and he was likewise the chairman of uh, evangelism council at that time. They transitioned to um Dr. Warren and man he he kept that thing together for like twenty something odd years, I'm not sure. And uh so that was a that was a shift, a major shift. And then of course from the 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 biggest transition was in two thousand and was it twenty twelve? Yeah, when Mm. when um Freddie Russell took it over. That was the transition, but he took it over with the thought of me transitioning in in mind. He thought he was going to do it the next year. He was the conference president at the time. He was going to transition me in, but he did it for two years. And so those have been some major transitions. And that year that Kim is talking about, twenty twelve, was William Houston Curtis and and with uh, Marret Brown Clark. That was my first year, and we Ooh. had a Oh, I mean, we had a blast. It was preaching crazy. And that's another mm-hmm. reason a lot of people come out. The workshops are great, but the fellowship yep. at the worship services is probably the biggest draw.
2: Mm-hmm. It, 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 listen, it has to be. It, it is. I imagine that it is fun just, you know, preaching to preachers but it's also fun watching preachers watch sermons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I started taking my camera to Pelkin just some of the shots that you get of the <laughs> of the pastors in you know it, um drinking in good preaching. Um and and it's something that they need. I I might be going I always fuss at the guys for hopping out of line and so Roger Roger's going to get me for this no, later no, on. Go right ahead. Go right ahead, go right ahead. Is there so so, this event, so, so we, I don't know, we haven't given it all of its, you know, its pieces and parts. So, we understand that there's, it's just like any other convention where you've got general sessions. Um, you've got, and in this case, you've got preaching events are also part of the general sessions. And then you have mm-hmm. breakouts, um, mm-hmm. the, the workshops that are going on. Um, what have you noticed? Uh, that this thing the impact that it has on the preachers that attend that just for themselves what if what's been your feedback what's been your sense of the impact that this thing has on their their lives their ministry what do you think Kim? um
3: well i'll say you know i think that so often it's easy to get caught in the uh the the regular cycle of ministry right you preach you deal with your members um you deal with your 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 territories and then you do it again and then you do it again and then you do it again mm. pell kind of serves as that oasis or that respite in the middle of routine that allows you to come away mm. and be authentically yourself in a place where you don't have to be pastor so-and-so, you don't have to be Dr. Jesse Wilson, you can just be Jesse. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to be you know, Elder Bishop Roger Wade, you can just be Roger. And it's the opportunity to, <laughs> to be able to, um, I think just come away and be yourself. And I, I think that that provides a mental health break sometimes for many of our pastors that they are able to step away and they can shout. They can cry. They can pray. I'll never forget um, one particular um, pelk. And um, I can't remember who it was, but there was a moment where um, I want to believe it was Pastor Brissett had some family stuff going on. He said, I need everybody to just pray for my son. And Mm -hmm. at that moment, Every single person stopped. It wasn't praise and worship. We weren't worried about a run sheet or production. We stopped and we prayed. And that prayer opened up into pastors interceding for each other. And I mean, that worship moment was so organic and authentic that people needed to have that moment. So I think that's one major thing that Pelk does um, outside of giving the pastors reasons to buy new suits. Um, I think it's also a great opportunity for for pastors to get a mental health break and to be able to to just kind of be themselves. So
2: pastors She's still right. pastors still, right. still wear suits. Is that a that's uh, oh yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: that, well, that's one of the uh, interesting things about Pelk. Pelk is uh, coming together across generations, and you can mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think one of the other things that Pelk has done, and it hasn't been intentional, is that people do what they see, and so the bar has really been raised, particularly in the area of preaching. Because, again, people do what they see. They're influenced by what they're exposed to. And um, it's without, without, uh, without a doubt, the fact that we have, over the years, exposed the pastors to the best and the brightest in the area of preaching has impacted them in a significant way. I wish that we would, and we are always trying to do the same thing, uh, with the plenaries and the workshops, mm-hmm. but it's it's just no doubt that the impact of the worship service with everybody, you can't duplicate that mm-hmm. worship together, that's worship service, them coming together, the music, but uh, we try to balance it out, but I think Pelk has influenced, in much the way that Madison Mission, as a local church, mm-hmm. has influenced a lot of the worship practices across this uh denomination particularly with uh black churches it's certain Pelk has certainly done the same thing with preaching in a number of different ways
3: And I think it creates I think it creates space for people to worship and to enjoy the experience at like within their particular worship experience. So, If you are more of a, uh, you know, more intrinsic worshiper where you want to sit and take in the worship, you can do that. If you are a shouter, but you just so happen to be at a church (laughs) that uh, shouting is not (laughs) what is not a part of uh, the worship method. You then have the opportunity to shout if you need to shout if you want to yeah. sing you can <clears throat> sing and I think <coughs> that that provides um just I think an atmosphere where everybody is welcome that it doesn't have to be just one way or one style that I am able to experience worship in a way that ministers to me that I may not be able to facilitate or even experience where I am in ministry oh,
4: hey Roger awesome. D- look at dion De- has got that deer in the headlights right? <laughs> <laughs> <What is, laughs>
2: He made it back. He made it back. Welcome back, Dr. Henry.
1: With a little bit more light, too. Come on, preacher.
2: (laughs) So listen, I saw I've got a buddy on here. I saw just uh, just spoke to us a little while ago on Bishop Donald Oliver. Um, Welcome, Bishop. Glad to have you. Um, uh, Bishop is uh, is a friend that I met in in one of these online groups that we're on. And uh, he's not uh, a part of the Adventist denomination. And so one of the things that we're curious about, this is this is kind of at its core, a gathering, is it, of Seventh-day Adventist pastors? Is it, um, uh, you know, we know other denominations have similar things. Is this a denominational thing? Is this open to anybody? How, how does that work when it comes um, to the role that Pelk plays for just clergy in general?
4: Yeah, but it's, it's cross-denominational in the sense that it's open to everybody. It's predominantly Adventists. Kojic gatherings would be in National Baptist Convention gatherings would be so that it's predominantly Adventist but we every year have um, ministers of other denominations attending and we're very intentional about inviting ministers of other denominations and presenters of other denominations just to share
2: all right, uh, that's interesting the way you put that. We're gonna dig into that in just a l- little bit.
4: Everything, everything's interesting about Pelt, man. Everything's interesting.
2: All right, all right, so, all right.
4: So,
0: so, so as you shared, pastors come. Um, what other leadership uh, roles uh, is Pelt geared towards? What are the who else can can attend in a leadership role?
3: Well, I would say, I mean, there's a little something for everybody. So we have a Hispanic track. We have um, a clergy spouses track. And one of the things Mm -hmm. I am particularly uh, proud about um, is that Pelk has really been intentional about being inclusive. Um, I myself am married to a a pastor's spouse. He is not a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, He Mm -hmm. is my spouse. And and so often there is nothing for um, the men who are married to the women of God. And so um, I think that we've been very intentional about creating opportunities for pastor spouses. Um, there are just things for um, people who are involved in different areas of ministry. So there are sessions that cater to the various areas of ministry that um, you may be in. So there's something for everybody. Um, I believe we even have a session for uh, workers. If I'm not mistaken, Jesse, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there, I mean, yeah. there's just something for everybody.
4: Yeah. We've broadened it. Freddie did that. Freddie Russell did that. When we transitioned from evangelism to pastoral evangelism, leadership council, he was the one that led the charge to include that leadership element. Cause frankly, mm-hmm. Um, you know, evangelism as church growth is really an extension of effective leadership more often than not. And so, as Kim said, we try to have offerings, workshops for all church leaders. Wouldn't necessarily be specific to their church office, but the leadership, the basic leadership plenaries and workshops I think would be beneficial to everybody. Mm -hmm. Especially this year since it's virtue.com is where you register. And I wouldn't encourage you to register right now, but if the ox is in the di- no, don't do that. The the point is <laughs> Pelt 2020com is the re- <laughs> registration link.
0: Well, listen, we 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 were gonna we we're gonna go we were gonna go there. That this year being labeled a year of change, um, um, how did Pelt make the pivot? I know Pelt was you know for years, forty-one years. Well, actually, forty years. You've been you've been planning to be in person at Oakwood. Now all of a sudden we are we're in COVID we're in lockdown we're in no travel. Mm-hmm. What 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 were some of the things that went into you making this decision to pivot to a virtual platform?
4: The decision to pivot was pretty you know that that, that was pretty basic. But what we did as we pivoted, Kim, why don't you tell them what you know, especially the. Uh, The pre-workshops that we did that were virtual, Mm -hmm. because Kim, as I say, you think I'm joking, man. You're talking (laughs) to the real leader when she starts talking. (laughs) So tell us, Kim, what have we done?
3: Okay, so he he wants to know. Listen, I mean, well, first, I just have to say, first of all, within the the planning committee, there has been quite a bit of diversity. Um, You've got some millennials, you've got some, you know, Gen Z, you've got... Um, just the 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 plenary team is made up of a diverse um you know a group of people which means you're going to get diverse needs so when we started talking about the sessions and what we needed to see we recognized that preaching is only a partial aspect of of what the need of a pastor or a leader really is. So preaching, I mean, let's just be honest. If you're if you're a preacher, you preach maybe 40 minutes, maybe once or twice on Sabbath and maybe on Wednesday. Outside of that, you're doing so many other things um, that while we need to speak to the preaching side and the evangelism side, there is a personal side that is often being left behind. We're seeing that um, that kind of collateral damage and that fallout. Um, in in what's happening in our pastors' lives. You know, we see marriages that are struggling. We see pastors' kids that are like, yeah, you gave my whole childhood to the church. I'm good on church. And, And because we're seeing that fallout, we're recognizing that we need to do more than just preach to each other. But we actually need to care about the heart and the soul of our leaders and our ministers. And so, what we've done is created sessions that are intentional about speaking to the needs um, of, what is, you know, of what our pastors are facing and, or our leaders are facing. And so, something, some of the things we have this year are pastoral burnout um, (laughs) depression and suicide. Cause come on, let's be real. And we, and we saw a lot of that happening where pastors were committing suicide. So we can't just act like, you know, I can preach a good word and that doesn't mean that I'm not going home and contemplating taking my life, you know? And so we have to really address those things. Um, is your ministry hurting your kids? Um, the dynamics of pastoral marriage, um, the empathy paradox talking about vicarious trauma and anxiety that is being presented by a doctor of psychology psychiatry Mm -hmm. so you know we're really being (laughs) intentional about making sure that we're presenting things that speak to the heart need the soul need and the mental needs of our pastors and it's being presented by people who are exceptional you know professionals um which is really important so that when you walk away yes you've gotten a word and your spirit has been Field, but we need you to walk away and make sure that your mental health is okay, and that your soul has been fed as well. Because if you go away with just have lifted your hands, but your heart is still broken, wow. um, that doesn't do very much for you in ministry.
4: Wow, wow, yeah. You know the theme is Selah. This mm-hmm. year, strength for the struggle. And uh, and what Kim just described as workshop titles, those are just reflections of the overall theme, Selah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Howard John Wesley, one of our preachers, actually used that as a, a theme at his local church in Alexandria. And we kind of piggybacked off of that, but we're looking to put together sermons, plenaries, and workshops that go to leadership wellness. There's a
2: question that came up here, Um, Roger, I don't know if we want to, this is from Jonathan, it says, what are some of the cultural and regional challenges when trying to be inclusive? He makes the point that our regional conferences are generally more diverse than than people realize, but um, what are some of those challenges that we have in trying to be inclusive? Uh, By the way, there's a question. I'm sorry, there's one more just before that that says, do you Mm -hmm. extend yourself to the LGBTQ community of pastors?
4: We extend ourselves to everyone. I mean, it's open and uh, we don't have a particular workshop uh, for the LGBTQ community. But in terms of the range of uh, things that we do, it's open to everybody. Uh, When you talk about the challenges of diversity, Language is one as as Kim said, we have a full um, Hispanic caucus track, and most people focus on the general the English speaking tracks, but our hispanic um, track is really larger so far as their workshops and plenaries than our regular super seminars, so the language issue can be a challenge with registration, so we need to make sure that we have um uh, uh, Spanish-speaking individuals helping us at different points. Uh, but when we start talking about diversity, it's not just in those obvious areas. We have Anglos who attend sporadically. We have a significant number of Hispanics. But then within the people of color community, the um, the Caribbean community, those who are from uh, from England, those who are coming from Africa, the, the there's so much diversity even among people of color mm-hmm. that uh, I really think it really makes Pelk the conference that it is, because we're not mm-hmm. trying to be all things to all people. But when we come together at the point of worship and fellowship, it's amazing the relationships that we establish. And that's one of the draws of PELC. Okay. They, they just want to be there so that they can experience the dynamic of that fellowship and worship. And let me just
3: speak to that that question. You know, I the, the person asked, you know, do we cater to LGBTQIA plus right pastors? Whether you are LGBTQIA plus or whether you are heterosexual you still face depression and suicide. You still have to wrestle with, is your ministry hurting your children? So the sessions and and the workshops and the the environment, it is open to everybody because everybody faces these issues. Everybody um, is wrestling with this in ministry in some shape or form. And that's why when you register, you can choose which seminar you need to attend to deal with the heart of the pastor, um, wherever you stand and whatever your ministry looks like,
0: good stuff. All right. Yes, it is. It is. I, I have yeah. to say that I'm glad that there is something um, that's being done to provide um, relevant ministry for the pastor at the time. Because you know, uh, coming through Oakwood, going through the seminary, um, being out in the field, there are not too many opportunities that are that are so um, uniquely. Uh, targeted for pastors to get help or to get information because we're on that treadmill that's just constantly. I gotta get it done. Got I gotta get up to make the donuts. I gotta get up and make the donuts. I gotta get up and make the donuts. So, yeah. so this, yeah. this moment has been um, has been carved out. Uh, these these three days uh, down in Huntsville, Alabama, has been carved. Out. It has been a sounds like it's going to be a great. Opportunity for pastors uh, to get now. Now you kind of led to you kind of led to something when we talked about the pivot. It, it sounded as if you started before December.
4: That was, yeah, were there we, any offerings before we get to this weekend? The planning starts, of course. We, uh, I, of course, I'm talking specifically about what Kim and her committee coordinated. But the planning for PEL begins a year before PEL. And uh, we made the decision, I think shortly after our uh, yearly meeting to go, when we saw the extent of the pandemic, we knew that we were gonna have to go virtual. We chose the speaker, we chose everyone, uh, even before we decided to go virtual. So that was great. And when we knew that we were going virtual, we thought it would be a good way to lead into the conference, the conference theme being Selah and Leadership Wellness with a series, Of workshops Mm -hmm. That uh, got to that very Theme Uh, And that's where Kim jumps in (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I was getting ready to say Kim, it sounds like you briefed him well on uh <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I'm
4: trying to tell he, you man, I
3: was He done. does he does a he does a good job being my hype man. So, <laughs> no, but but really we um when, when we decided to do the theme Selah, we talked about um the needs of ministry. And again, and the reason why we're focusing so much on that is because more and more we are recognizing that a, a leader and a preacher is so much more than just what they're doing when they're preaching or speaking that there's so much that happens behind the scenes and so uh, my fantastic team um, has come together um, throughout this COVID um, session and this, we were planning on doing this anyway but it, but COVID presented an opportunity for us to really be able to speak to some of these needs so we developed a, a webinar series called we are not okay
2: right oh, or fun. i am
3: not okay right and so we started talking about the fact that the reality is is that we can have a smile on our face like i said before preach a great word and you still not okay and mm-hmm. as you know the pandemic hit and we were coming out of that we were faced with how do we do church again How do we do family again? I've been in this, we've been in this house with my spouse and the kids and everybody staring at each other for months on end. Things look different. How do we deal with what's happening? And so the um, webinar, I Am Not Okay, focused on a lot of different topics. We talked about um, dealing with moral failure. That was the one that we just did. Uh, we talked about women in ministry. We talked about leading while angry. Listen, oh, wow. go yeah. listen to that one. Wow. Leading yeah. while yeah. angry. Because the come on now, let, let's talk about it. The reality is, is that many of us in ministry have been, been dealt blows, disappointments, mm-hmm. shifts, and moves that have left us angry. But we still got to lead. We still got to preach. Yeah. We still got to hold that. that board meeting with Mm -hmm. the people who tried to have us removed last weekend, you know? And so how do you lead when you're still angry? And the truth is that I am not okay, but I need to create community so that I can find ways to heal from that. So that's what we did in our webinar. Um, You can check those out on um, the Pastoral Evangelism and Leadership Council Facebook page. They're still there. And you can go listen to those webinars. And we have brought on like professionals, counselors, um, clinical psychologists, social workers, uh, lawyers, people who deal with these topics in a very real and authentic way um, so that we can talk about real and authentic issues. You can't preach what you ain't living.
2: Well, mm. that's true. Hey, you listen, know, the downside,
4: the downside of this, um, this virtual traffic jam is probably being experienced right now. There are probably countless broadcast going on right now and right. splinters the audience. But the fact that they are archived is very important. And I think Kim makes a great point. Those webinars that they coordinated are absolutely priceless. And I guess what concerns me at times is when leaders don't take advantage of the resources that are there. And I guess the same thing can be said of this broadcast. It needs to be reinforced that they can go back and look at the archive. Yeah. And they need mm-hmm. to look at the archives. You don't need to get away from your local church doing your local churches regularly scheduled programming, but you certainly need to uh, access resources that will make you a better leader. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, as I am, as I think about our audience here for for Pastors Roundtable, um, the majority of our audience is typically not pastors. I think the majority of our, our audience are, are laypersons. Um, but I know that today, particularly, we probably have a lot more pastors than than normal and, and I saw a, a, a comment earlier that, um, that was, I'm going to put it back up. Uh, Jonathan says, snail's tale of two egos is a classic. Along mm-hmm. with war stories by Henry Wright, I'm curious mm-hmm. for the for the pastors who are out there, or those of you who have attended Pelk in the past. I'd love to see you post the 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 memorable sermons that you were there. So, if you got a sermon that just jumps out and sticks out at you, just go ahead and pop that in the chat. We want to see that. We know some of you are on Facebook, some of you are on YouTube, but either way, we'll get them. Just go ahead and, and pop that in there. But for the other part of our audience who they've never been to Pelk, they probably haven't even heard of Pelk. Some of them are probably wondering, okay, why are they spending the time on this? What's the benefit that a local church or is there a benefit that a local church can receive or even at the conference, a local conference receives by having their pastors attend or be a part of a conference like PELC?
4: There's no get there's there's no way to get around the fact that everything rises and falls on leadership. And to that extent, the local church pastor, whether um, members, conference leadership, recognize it or realize it, weak pastors, weak conference, it's just the way that it is. And so the fact that pastors, first of all, take a break, that would be enough. If we did nothing else at Pelt other than just come and talk to each other. Wow. Some people do. God. Exactly.
2: That, <laughs> that's, that's
4: true. It. Yeah. Hey, that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's enough. That's enough right there. But then when you go beyond that and have them to hear pastors uh, present workshops and, and clinicians present workshops that will raise the bar in the areas of social justice and, and uh, 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 creative evangelism. And of course, the theme this year being Selah and leadership wellness. You listen to the preachers helping them raise the bar homiletically. It's, it's invaluable, man. You got to, it, we've not done a good job at all in investing in local church leadership, not just pastoral leadership, but uh, uh, non-clergy also. I think that it was wise of us years ago to begin to broaden the uh, appeal of Pelt to the uh, team. So elders can come and other leaders can come. It's good stuff.
3: And then also you, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And mm-hmm. I think that you know, so often we are giving from. And I wish a I had place. said
4: that, man. That's not like something I would have said, man. <laughs> go ahead,
3: go ahead. You, you, I mean, you can't pour from an empty cup, and so a lot of times, you know, our our, our well runs dry, uh, our evangelism budget runs dry early in the year, and so you know, getting that opportunity to refill your cup is so important for your pastors. If your pastor got a little bit of extra attitude on that text message. Um they, they 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 shrug they didn't preach the same sermon. Um you've heard it three times and they don't remember it's been the same ser- send your pastor to Pelt. Let Mercy. them know that you would like to offer them an opportunity to fill their cup. Uh, and then the other part is that we need We need community I mean even Adam Looked around and was like where's mine You know where where is exactly. my community And so Pelk also creates An opportunity to have Community um, among other Pastors when it can be very lonely out There so come meet a friend Meet somebody new meet somebody you Didn't know um, and then use Those opportunities to create Networks that help to make your job Easier listen I met a friend at Pelt, you preach one Sabbath, I'll preach the next Sabbath, and we can work this thing out, you know, through those networks and communities. So those are just two awesome reasons. Fill your cup and get some community.
2: All right. All right. We'd like to welcome our our third guest. (laughs) (laughs) Man, y'all not paying, paying by the hour.
4: Y'all, y'all paying by the hour, man. Y'all need to cut him, man. Cut Deion. <laughs> cut
1: him. Oh, they put listen. they
3: put you on the table, Deion. I thought y'all said this was a safe space. This That's what I'm saying.
4: Get this, man. I'm I'm, I'm concerned. <laughs> listen, I'm really i really need some help. Concern, listen, man. listen today i
1: listen last night i mean i had some good equipment got a good it was working it was i mean i was excited to put it on today i said yes i'm gonna you know put on the camera the whole night and everything that could go wrong went wrong but guess what there's a message in there come you on preach, boy. Again, baby. yes sir. you gotta get back up again hey, listen, a righteous man falls seven times but he keeps on getting up that's about right that was about right
4: about seven times
2: Hey, is listen. That the, is that oh, the message
3: or is it? Don't buy your camera equipment off of Amazon the night before. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the message? Uh, <laughs> is that it?
2: <laughs> listen, uh, oh, Roger, my. I want to make sure. Yeah. Is this is this the, is this this, the young lady that girl. you're Okay, all right. Watch this. I'm right. going to make sure that she comes back at least three times because I put her comment <laughs> up three <laughs> times now. Um, so, some so, pastors...
4: So,
0: so as you, as you alluded to, uh, uh, answer, um, we have non-pastors who look on. And, and mm-hmm. here is here is an example of a young adult who is asking a question of pastors. You, let, let's read it. Uh, some pastors are so caught up in their title that they don't want to receive the help that might be beneficial mm, to them. Wow. How do we go about approaching that situation? It's a great How can question. How we help our pastors get to this kind of resource and help? can can you shed some light
4: some of it is relational I, if if the um I, I love the question and it probably mm-hmm. comes from the heart of a person it obviously comes from the heart of a person who's concerned about a pastor mm-hmm. and the pastors pick that up they can they mm-hmm. can pick up your spirit and uh, just like you and myself we don't gravitate toward everyone but we do gravitate to, toward those certain ones that we feel to be safe and i would say um, you know, just make sure that you pick your spot, but don't avoid having that conversation with your pastor if, if you have mm-hmm. that type of relationship, because I think that direct approach is, uh, is appreciated much more than some people imagine. Mm-hmm.
3: I agree. And then I, I also think um, that and, and it's the conversation is happening among pastoral groups that is making it more acceptable to go get help. And so mm-hmm. I, I believe that the tide is changing of where, you know, now pastors are like, yeah, so happy Sabbath church. You know, I was in counseling last week and, you know, we, yeah. we were talking about yeah. And so now those mm-hmm. kinds of conversations are no longer taboo or something you have to hide, but it becomes clear. Commonplace. And so I think when we create a culture where you as a church member are not going to crucify your pastor for receiving help, then that gives pastors uh, a safe space to be able to know that they can receive the house. If I know that I'm going to marriage counseling and the whole church is not going to put all of my business on black, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know yeah. if, that yeah. reason, if that makes sense, yeah. but it, it is also is the onus is on the pastor to get the help they need. But there yeah. is also a level of um, community that needs to take place within the church systems that says, yeah. if my pastor is getting help, I will support them in that wow. and not destroy them. In
2: wow. That. Wow. Yeah, you know, I,
4: man, listen, I have, I have uh pastor for 30 years. And when I looked at the numbers, I've been a conference administrator, a uh, college professor. There is nothing that comes close to the difficulty that you experience When you're pastoring a local church It's not even close That's why a lot of people talk about pastoring Outside of the pastorate. It's not easy <laughs> and, uh, and, and, a, and a whole lot of folk talking about pastors They ain't never going back to that They ain't never pastor again And their are Because it's hard and, uh, and so my heart goes out to pastors I think everything rises and falls on leadership But I also think that's, that's a good point I think Ellen White makes it crystal clear that the most important thing that we can do for God and our fellow beings is self-development. She says that's our first duty toward God and our fellow beings is that of self-development. And I think we need to make, and Kim made a good point, I think we need to uh, uh, um, make it, uh, we need to allow permission. We need to make it more acceptable for pastors to receive help beyond counseling from fellow pastors. Mm -hmm. I saw Kim Bolgen. I looked at Kim Bolgen post something on uh, Facebook a few weeks ago, and she was talking very openly. uh, And it was almost an aside. She wasn't making a point that she had been in therapy, but she was just making the point as she was making some other points. And it's refreshing. And whether she recognizes it or not, it legitimizes Mm -hmm. going to receive therapy for pastors and non-pastors. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and You know what? There, there was a there was a workshop that you did, Dr. Wilson, um, when I was uh, there in Kansas City among the elders. Powerful, powerful workshop you presented. And one of the items that we talked about was why is it that the theology majors, we don't have a lot of theology majors like we used to have back in the day. And you gave some excellent points. Um, I, I don't know if you can share some of those points because it, it all deals with trying to uh, encourage people, you know, to 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 join the ministry and that hey, look, it's rough, we know it, and there's a lot of things, a lot of stressful things there, but but we got to encourage people. But can you share some of those things that you mentioned, um, if you remember yeah, from that older workshop? Some elders of that is not an Adventist workshop.
4: construct. The number of pastors going into undergrad programs has dropped across all denominations. Now the mm-hmm. seminary numbers might be going up. But that's been a surge of females, and it's also been a surge of people going into the chaplaincy. So when you see the numbers of men and women entering the uh, undergrad religion departments uh, begin to shrink, that's that's common across denominations. Having said that, there are a couple of other things. For years, Adventist ministers were training to be ministers, graduating and getting no job. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can only do that for so many years before you say, hey, man, uh I gotta find me another opportunity and so some people began to and we got we got we have a number of people who never received jobs and for that receipt that reason were' a bit discouraged. Another thing that has happened recently is that more and more pastors are going into the chaplaincy not just the medical chaplaincy but they're going into to to corporate chaplaincy sports chaplaincy, chaplaincy corporate chaplaincy. and and so and doing that guarantees them employment. But beyond that, it's a very viable and valuable uh, profession so that they can be chaplains and they can continue to pastor if uh, if they'd like to. But the last thing is there is no way to get around the fact that pastoring is more and more complex. It is more complex now than it has ever been in history. The financial returns aren't generally uh, that strong. The uh, the damage that, and I, you know, I want to back up again. I passed it for 30 years, as I said. It felt like a hobby to me. It felt like I was getting paid to do a hobby. Hmm. I mean, I went through all of the same problems. Issues with members, issues with conference presidents, hmm. issues with my kids. I would say issues with my wife, but she might be looking at this program. The point <laughs> is just issue. But the point is, I was in my lane. I loved it. Um, but even given that fact, it is much more complex to lead a church these days than it was mm. when I was leading a church. And for that reason, I see a lot of younger people saying, eh, I, I don't, I, I don't think I'll do that. I don't. I, I think I move in another direction."
1: Mm-hmm. Well, how does how does Pelk how does Pelk encourage of theology majors and others to go into the pastoral ministry.
3: Mm-hmm. So I had the opportunity for um, two almost three years to work with something called the Pelt pages. and this is where the theology majors, um, and those who maybe even just be interested in ministry or have a heart for service are able to kind of be the interns at Pelk. And so they're able to get a chance mm-hmm. to get some taste of Um, you know, the workshops and the sessions, they don't have to pay. Um, In fact, we pay them um, for their time, for their service. And they're able to catch some of the word and the ministry and be able to be in the midst of, um, you know, actual people who are in ministry. And I have seen um, some of my leaders who weren't, they were just good leaders. Like my camp, you know, I was, I had the opportunity to serve as chaplain at Oakwood University for seven years and so often it was my leaders the ones who were running things who weren't theology majors who after going to PELC and things like that became more ministry oriented Mm -hmm. um, or actually ended up going into ministry so it's a great opportunity for our young theology majors or not even young our theology majors in general to be able to experience PELC to be able to experience um, the workshops and be able to experience things in Bible beholding we become changed man i met pastor so-and-so and and he spoke to me and he encouraged me and now you know i want to do that i want to be able to walk in those footsteps as well so by beholding Mm -hmm. we become changed and so pelk has that kind of intergenerational leadership that is already built into the construct of um the pelk program
2: so I, I remember um, Dr. Henry and I attended Oakwood about the same time back with uh, Moses and Elijah. And in those days, um, we were on the quarter system. And so students were not on campus during pelk because you had that Thanksgiving to January, the beginning of the year break. It was at, at our last year that they finally shifted to the semester system. And so we were around and we were on campus. There was a question that came up earlier in the chat about the impact that this has, that PELC has on, you know, theology students that are there. And I know, Kim, you just spoke to that. Any, any additional things that, that you guys think that it might have on the the students who are currently uh, attending Oakwood as they participate, or how much do they participate beyond um, that? And do all of them do that? Are all of them interns? Do they get to choose that? Um, are they assigned that? If they're in Dr. Wilson's class, what's what's that? What's, how does that work? Yeah, they. It depends.
4: <laughs> yeah, you're right. They they gotta come. You know what I mean? <laughs> get a grade for it. if they're in, if they're taking public evangelism, they must come. If they're taking personal evangelism, they must come. If they're taking black lit and worship, they must come. The uh, but in, in the main, because they have they're graded for that. But here's here's the thing that um, having PELC with students on campus has its pluses and its its minuses. The uh, well, first of all, it's hectic because even though these students are on campus, that's finals week, uh-huh. and so they might be on campus, but they're not. On, their minds aren't generally mm-hmm. on pelt. And so in some ways, even though we did not have students actually in classes when we were on the quarter system, the students that were there were not divided. Their tensions were not divided. We had more of a captive audience and we had more students. We had We had many, many more students in the religion and theology department in those years than we do now. And so again, as Kim said, The uh, the fact that they're able to rub shoulders with, make contacts with, get jobs. They listen at Pelt is where a lot of connections are made uh, for employment. (laughs) So, yeah, man, it's it's a coming together. It's almost like a marketplace in some in some ways. But I think, as she said, the just rubbing shoulders with leadership and pastors is invaluable to the young uh, ladies and the young guys. Mm-hmm.
3: And you know, I've also seen it create an opportunity for entrepreneurship among our young theology majors and just people in general. But you know, we are in an age, and I'm I'm a millennial. Um, we are in the age, the day and age of the side hustle. Um, and so, you know, wow. I, I pellcat That's the
2: truth. That's the truth. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's... The, truth.
3: that's on, the truth.
4: Hold on. Hold
2: on. Hold on. Let yeah. me let me go get my Walmart vest out of frame here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gener- it's a generational
4: hustle, man. It is. It is. Straight, oh, damn, just
3: uh, no, you good. You good. And so, you know, sometimes for our theology majors, or especially young people who are coming up, these uh, Gen Z and the alpha generation, they need to know that they can preach and use their other gifts simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. And what Pelk does is creates an opportunity where you can get the preaching, but you can sell your book, right? You Absolutely. can you can go to the workshop, but you can sell your t-shirt that you made in your dorm room. And so, if we want to get a newer generation of, of ministers or pastors, we have got to create opportunities where they know that they, God is able to use them in all of their gifting and they're not just relegated to one aspect. And I think Pelk does a great job of saying you can preach and we receive your other gifts as well. And I think that's very encouraging for young people, especially I said, millennials and Gen Z, they need to know that you're not just going to use me for my sermon and then dump me in the background.
2: That, that last wow, wow. comment, by the way, was was about the first century Apostle Paul. Just to. Um, <laughs> that, uh, clear. Oh, man, it. that was you, man. <laughs> so don't, so don't, with Don't throw with, us with, off the trail. Don't throw us off
0: the trail. <laughs> so with some help, um, is it you, you share that it was something that was started there at the um, religion department. But is there is it is it connected to outside of the campus of Oakwood? How how. I, all these pastors come to to huntsville to oakwood that's a good uh, question but what happens do they go back to their their conferences and you know what happens with what they got there is it something they, <clears> they <throat> are there again or is it is it forgotten See, that's a
4: good that's a good question and I, i'm glad you mentioned that because Pelk is sponsored by the office of regional conference ministries and sometimes people aren't clear enough about that is not sponsored by the religion department neither is it sponsored by oakwood university it might be sponsored by those two entities by extension but the primary sponsors are the office would be the office of regional conference ministries conference presidents their caucus and so they invest the reason we are able from year to year to keep our uh, registration down uh, is because the Conferences, the regional conferences subsidize PELP. Uh, they don't subsidize mm-hmm. enough, but they subsidize PELP, <laughs> and uh, and you know they they make it they make this thing possible. They don't do it enough, but they make this thing possible. And uh, and so <laughs> message. Every year they they come. No, nah, I was about to say I'm joking, but that would be a lie. The point is, we uh we 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 get a lot of support from the regional conferences as they come and i tell you dana edmund james lewis was in the position that dana edmund is in right now where they would be the office coordinators mm-hmm. of, uh the on-site coordinators for the office of regional conference ministries and both of those gentlemen have done a tremendous job and dana edmund has taken this thing to a level that really helped tremendously so but again the office of regional conference Ministries sponsors their pastors and they expect a return on their investment. Mm. And so they want and, and they make it clear that they want to see certain things. And, you know, sometimes it becomes, a, you know, a point of contention. You know, they want it done one way, and we don't at times. But, uh, you know, we get things done. We come together. But it's day. Hey, I appreciate the presidents.
2: That's awesome, good. awesome. That's good stuff. I
0: remember when I was uh, in one of those regional conferences, the conference would provide uh, travel Incentives, yeah, yes. after yeah. They get there or housing yeah. incentives. They, they do so yeah. much to make sure that every uh pastor has an opportunity to get to Pelt. But let, let, let's jump right in this year. I mean, this COVID year, with you moved Pelt to an online platform, um, and and Obviously, there is a registration fee, but what what do we get for that registration? What what unique things? Let me do two questions. What do we get for the registration, and what unique things are being planned for this year's Pelk?
2: get a T-shirt and a mug, and you a- <laughs> know we're gonna do the hustle.
4: What, what do you think, Kim? <laughs>
3: yeah? uh, well, I would say again, one of the unique things is that we have psychologists that are actually presenting, um, doing sessions. Um, I think that the fact that we are being intentional about speaking to the mental health needs um, of our pastors is really um, awesome. Um, I also think that it's fantastic that we have Dr. Gina Stewart. We have um, a female uh, presenter who is a non-Adventist speaker who's going to bring the house down. Um, And so I think those are some things that I think we can definitely look forward to. You can listen, yeah. You can shout with your pajamas on. Ain't that a blessing?
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. The other thing is, this is we're going to have eleven speakers. We're going to have twice the number of workshops. We're dealing with a topic that's really life and death. Here's the point: I do conferences and I attend conferences all year that cost ten times as much as this twenty nine dollar Pell conference will be. The, 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 I think sometimes we don't recognize how much content is being churned out through Pelt because we've gone to great lengths to keep the, uh, the price down. At times, people disrespect what they don't have to pay for. Mm. And we're not going to bump up the price just to make them uh, respected more. We're trying to keep the price low. But there is no way in the world that you could get the range of content, personally and professionally, that you get from Pelt at the price that we charge because it's subsidized.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on that note, as I'm thinking about PELK, um, and you know, I've attended PELK like Pastor Paul, Pastor Wade, for a good little while, and it seems like uh, PELK has has uh, shifted. Of course, keeping up with the current times, there used to be a heavy, heavy emphasis on the preaching of the word. There still is, but it seems now that they're shifting more to um, self care and uh, the mental health. Where do you see the future? Of PELK, you know, as we look at the future, as we look at um, certain things that are happening in, in our society, do you see any subtle changes, or do you see any things that you would like to grapple on as we go into the future in in 2021? And you know, I don't think
4: on? I don't think we have a clue what this church is going to look like in the next few months. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that because PELK, the steering committee, is made up of uh, ministers and leaders cross-generationally, we'll have a hand on the pulse of what's going on in the local churches. But to that point, I'm not really sure if people, either, if people are really even going to begin to attend church in mass over the next few months. I don't mm-hmm. know uh, how much uh, the type of media that we're doing right now will be side door or front door. I don't know how mm-hmm. it's going to impact church planning, church staffing, Uh, I don't know what the impact of this pandemic will have will be on local churches. But I think because of the way the steering committee of PELC is made up, we'll be able to to uh, come together and in real time, get a sense of what's going on and kind of bring best practices to the pastors and leaders uh, in the conference that we convene next year.
3: Mm -hmm. um you know i I think that even though we don't know what is coming next and what 2020 will look 2021 will look like hopefully 2020 will take a time out we'll take a nap um we'll go somewhere and sit down for a second um but it's gonna be 2020 (laughs) something
2: for the next 10 years
3: Oh, (laughs) mercy. You know, but I feel as though no matter what 2021 holds, people are still people. Humans Mm -hmm. are still human. And again, you know, Jesse will tell you that is always one of my biggest passions whenever we sit at the table is ministering to the person behind the pulpit. Um, and one of my big pushes is, and we, we it has come up in many of our webinars, and I think that if we continue to ignore it, we are doing our pastors and our members a disservice. We I would like to see us start offering on-site counseling at our mm. PELC events. Wow. And the reason why mm-hmm. I said that is because oftentimes yeah. trying to go to a counselor to motivate that pastor, sometimes it's just, hey, go to counseling, but they're not going to go. Mm. But if you're way if you have an opportunity to just get a checkup, right? We do free dental clinics and free blood pressure checks. We check your blood pressure, you check your teeth, you check everything on your body more than you check on your mind. So even if we just have some actual mental health care professionals, it's not your pastor who's going to go back and tell your uh, ministerial director. These are health care professionals who a pastor can come and sit down with and kind of just unload. So that way they can go back and then maybe that person can direct them to somebody in their state or in their area where they can continue to receive um, that care. But that is something that I think is going to be essential as we have had pastors who have had to bury a member a week wow. during yeah. COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've had pastors who. Mm-hmm. Who've, who've had to literally watch their entire churches fall apart. Uh, we've had pastors who have been unsure of how they're going to eat because their their members aren't paying tithe. And so mm. all of that takes a mental and emotional toll um, that I think we're going to be seeing for a long time. So creating opportunities and spaces where we stop telling pastors to go get help and bring that help to you. If the house is on fire, you can't tell the house to go get water. Sometimes you've got to bring the water to the house.
1: Wow, yeah. wow, wow, wow. That's, That's a powerful stuff. point. And, and it seems also with Pelk, what I've seen, at least in the last couple of years, that it seems as if there is a, a reach also to the laity, to the elders. And so I think a couple of years ago, they started the the elders' workshops, I think on Sabbath afternoon and Sunday. So it seems like Pelk is even reaching out. And letting us know, and, and we always had that thought that everybody is involved in this thing, both uh, you know people who are paid for uh, pa- for ministry and those who are not paid. Um, and then yeah. also from your comment, I like that comment because there is a need for a therapy because we are in a stressful, stressful time. Uh, one of the things that I did a little research on is you know stressful moments in history, and you have the Great Depression, and you have the Vietnam War, and then you have COVID nineteen. And so moving in that direction, talking about therapy, teaching us how to do it, you know, I think it's really good. One of the things that I want to ask, well, I actually, I saw it here on the chat. I think it was a good question. And they asked about um, how many initiatives that were taught at Pelk were implemented in the conferences. and We really
4: aren't set up that way Mention that. Um, to begin an initiative that is going to be expressed in a local conference. What we do is we try to come up with a theme that is broad enough to enhance what the pastors are doing wherever they go. But what inevitably happens is what is emphasized at Pelp is generally followed by the pastors when they leave Pelp. Even though we don't have a specific initiative that, uh, that we have connected to local churches, I think the influence, the influence of excellence The influence on the worship services, the influence on uh, uh, community service, social justice types of uh, activities. Um, We influence the local conferences more than we really direct what they're doing.
2: Yeah. If this was one of those shows that 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 we delete as soon as we, we, we finish, then I would say one of the things that that often frustrates pastors a lot is that when we go to things like PELC, we go to things like the NAD ministerium, we go to some of our union ministeriums, and, and we hear all of these great ideas and, and, and structural uh, things you want to implement, and then we come back and it feels like it's business as usual. And so there, there's this frustration. Why, why did we go and spend all the money on sitting on these the, in these workshops and, and paying the presenters to come if, if everything is going to just remain the same. So as far as, uh, if we could just spend a couple minutes speaking to, so you come and you get some information in PELC, what's the process? you get a good idea you hear a thing what's the process of taking that thing whether it's on the pastoral level to get a conference level and then being able to transfer that idea that information to implement it whether it's in your own life your own home your own church your own boardroom or the conference level what does that process look like
3: Okay. Um, well, I can kind of speak to that a little bit and then I'll, you know, let Jesse speak. So I, you know, first you have to have motivation. So you've got, you've got the idea, you've got the motivation. Then you have to find like-minded people, mm. um, and, you know, mm. and I, I truly believe that, you know, We do a great job of protesting Black Lives Matter and we Mm -hmm. do a great job of protesting externally, but sometimes you gotta bring that protest into your own backyard when you see Mm -hmm. that things are not changing um, in a way that is conducive to you making sure that you're know that you not drowning, right? So you have a good idea. You need to go from motivation to like-minded people. Hey, did you get something from that? I think we can do that. So let us now come together and figure out how we can make this happen. Uh, any of the major changes that we have seen happen both in America, both for civil rights, both in our church, tended to be grassroots movements. Those things did not happen on an administrative level until the people decided they were tired of things being the way that they were. And so sometimes you cannot wait until your conference sends out an email that says, we love this idea. Let's do it. Sometimes you've got to say, let's do it. And let's send the conference an email asking them, hey, you want to come join what we're already doing? Mm. And then we can teach you how to do that with everyone else. So sometimes I think ideas die because they're great ideas, but you're doing them alone. You're in a canoe um, instead of on a, on a, you know, on a sailboat and, and right. just getting like-minded people to come alongside you and help out.
4: Yeah, Yeah. I think everything that most Effective leaders do is something That they've seen done People do what they see And when you hear it, when you see it When people discuss it You feel it's doable And you attempt it So I think one of the things, the immediate benefits Of PELC is that uh, Leaders are exposed to leaders who are doing it The second thing I would say is that Mm -hmm. PELC gives um, Leaders multiple ways of getting at the same uh, destination. I say this a lot. Because ministry is as complex as it is now, you can't use the same approaches to get to the same destination. Mm. And I think Pelk has done a great job. I I mean, use the illustration. Dion was talking about the workshop that they were in. One of the things I told them about to illustrate that is when I was pastoring in Southern California, I had tickets to get to the Staples Center to see the Lakers or the Clippers. And the point is, I was going to get to the tip-off. I don't care what was going on. I was going to get to the tip-off. But my house was in Riverside, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from the Staples Center under normal circumstances. If you had a traffic jam, if you had looky lose, an hour and 15-minute drive could be three hours. But what I did is I came up with four different ways to get from my house to the Staples Center, I could take the 91, I could take the 60, I could take the 10, I could <laughs> take the 210, because I knew that if I had a problem getting there one way, I was going to take another direction.
1: You're going to get another way.
4: And the problem with a lot of leaders is they have one direction, one remedy, one approach to get at a problem. It's too complex for that. Mm-hmm. And when you get to PELK, it exposes you to different approaches. It might not work. This one might not work for you, but another one uh, will and then of course last thing I'll say any plan of work if you work it. That's any right. plan of yeah. work if you work it. Wow! And so oh, we no. try to get mm-hmm. the guys and the ladies to know that at the end of the day, hey, you got to go to work.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So listen,
4: right, right, how right, right. how
0: how can I be a part of Pelk this year? What 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 I need to do to be a part of
4: Pelk? I'm glad you asked that, Roger. I'm glad you asked that. Pelk2020. <laughs> I feel like an infomercial. Pelk2020.com. It's where you should go and register, pelk2020.com. When you go to pelk2020.com, and now by today, I mean tonight, you know, so you <laughs> might not want to do it right now. Except if you got a real issue, what you could do is what Adventists do sometimes. You can put all the information in. On and the tithe the envelope. As soon as out, You know I'm saying? Hey.
2: Just, You write it on the tithe envelope, Doc. On the tithe envelope,
4: Doc. Exactly. Money launder. Money launder. But the point is, you got to register. Help2020.com, and it'll be all good.
0: So in the past, I know that in the evening service was open to anyone to come physically there but this year it's a little different and uh so you have to register right
4: yeah yeah we do so i so i can't catch it on the youtube channel yeah yeah no
2: not on the facebook page roger's
4: Roger's on the roger's on the committee and roger has been very adamant about these freebies man. i'm trying to be the man of liberal i'm a man of the people i love the people okay but the point is roger Roger is very strong about hey. this, man. The lightning
0: is going to strike, teacher. <laughs> <laughs>
4: the
2: is strike! Oh, ho, oh, oh, ho. Oh. oh my! I'm gonna stand over here, go. over right. there. Unless you
4: hear, unless you hear something different. Uh, every one of our presentations is going to be open to those who are registered, and once you register, you have free access to all of the programming that you might have missed if you were in one room but you wanted to be in another room
0: so, so someone we share passcode yeah say it again they want to know if we can Let's share think. the passcode yeah right <laughs> that
2: I, that sounds like a preacher i don't
1: know <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: Well, listen. I know is gonna be oh, exciting. This year. Hey,
1: listen. I I gonna be excited. What time? It is. Oh, by the way, what time? What time does
4: Pelt start? What
1: time does it start? Just tell us what time tomorrow. The first what service time is start? at
4: seven o'clock on Sunday night. Uh, Ron Central. Smith, Dr. Uh-huh. Ron Smith, who's the president of the Southern Union, is going to be preaching on Sunday night, and uh, that'll be our first service. And then for three days, ending with Myron. Um, Edmonds on Wednesday and two boot camps. Two boot camps Mm -hmm. will close everything out. One will be by Jose Cortez and the North American Division on church growth, creative church church growth and church planning. And at the same time, Dr. Gloria Bell is going to be doing a (coughs) boot camp for Bible instructors. Mm -hmm. So you say it ends on Wednesday, not Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday Wednesday. Wednesday night Mm -hmm. is the final evening. But then we have a Tuesday night, Tuesday night. I'm sorry, Tuesday yeah, night Straighten and him then, out Ken. Uh, him. You, see, you see what I'm saying? That's why she's there, man That's why she's there And then oh, boy. Wednesday At 10 Myron speaks mm-hmm. As soon as okay. Myron is done Two boot camps, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh all right. I've Adam. got to.
2: I've got to throw this in here. Um, this was a comment earlier, and I and I heard a little bit about this. We've talked about the impact that PELC has on pastors, that it has on the local members, local churches, that it has on the students. Um, this was a question that had to do with the impact of Pelk on the community. This is a big quote here Said, there's a restaurant called Mango's Caribbean cookhouse that is owned and operated by fellow Adventists and was the go-to spot for pastors during Pelk for lunch and dinner during Pelk. The restaurant is in financial distress due to, uh, get it back up there. Uh, Uh, yeah, due to the COVID, um, And I I can I can just share it from there. And so here's a locally owned Adventist restaurant. So they haven't been, and they and typically when you've got graduation, when you've got um, what's the other thing that we do uh, alumni, alumni, alumni. Got things like this, then those places get a boon. And I've been to Mango's during PELK, and it's hard to get in, you know, in between sessions because it's so packed. Um, So so their situation, along with that. and i don't know you know what do you do is there is there a way like just in in a practical way that um now there's a gofundme that's what that was saying and we're going to put that gofundme up on our on our on our web page um not on our oh we got to talk about the web page in a second but i meant on our facebook page um we'll put that out but for those of us that are pastors that would normally go um and, and you know drop a few dimes there um yeah, it might be a good thing to kind of help out in in situations like this to say that, look, we support Adventist enterprise. Um, we support Adventists who we're trying to do. And I'm sure there's more than just this one. But for those of you who normally would have been going to Pelk and normally would have been spending some dollars there. Um, Doc, anything you, you want to add to that? You want to say about that? I know you're in the area yeah. there.
4: <clears throat> yeah, that's Ian and Lauren. Those are good friends of mine. And Keisha, one of their workers, is a real good friend of mine. Great people, uh, members over at Madison Mission, but not just members of Madison Mission, just members of the community. Uh, There's a GoFundMe page that we need to uh, let people access. But uh, anything and everything that you can do individually, uh, those of you all who are listening, I should should say viewing, please, please. Because when you support the Herbers, you support yourself. That's mm-hmm. black business, That's right. and it's specific mm-hmm. to what we do at PELK, And I'm sure that we're going to mm-hmm. put our heads together, and if at the very least we're going to be communicating that GoFundMe project at PELK, and if we have to do something else, we will.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I actually ran into Mangos for the first time at GC. Um, they, they had mm-hmm. a little out-of-the-way thing there. and think it was in San Antonio or, or one of those. Um, but yeah, so um, somebody has already put that up in the chat. We're going to go ahead and, and put the whole thing in the as a separate link on the page. And we appreciate any support that you can give to that. Our music is getting a little bit louder. What does that mean, uh, Pastor Wade?
0: It means we have we have exhausted our time. I am just so excited that we had an opportunity to expose our viewers to pelk to the pastors, pastoral leadership evangelism Council and um, we want to give you uh, just one one last thing. what would you want people to know um, last, one last thing from our guests? what would what's that one thing you would want your our uh, viewers to know about health? Uh,
3: I'm preaching. So that, hey. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the one thing I would want you to know is, um, I'm <laughs> he at the flyer, um, is that it is it is worth your money. So think about you would be spending uh, a couple hundred dollars for gas, for hotel, for food. All of these things but to just spend that little bit of money to get these resources that you can go back to is gonna be not just beneficial um, in terms of the worship experience but beneficial for your soul please Mm -hmm. do not let help 2020 go by and all you got was a good word but your Mm -hmm. spirit and your emotions and your mind still need a touch from the master So register so that way you can get some of these extra sessions um, that you that, you know, have been really uh, intentionally crafted for your benefit.
4: Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Kim is preaching and uh, we're looking forward to that, as will be Roger Hernandez, Gina Stewart, Howard John Wesley, Ron Smith, Johnson Cesar, Morgan Medlock, Abdel George, Myron Edmund and Calvin Watkins. And they can register at pelp 2020com and spread the word on social yes. media. Just help us market.
0: Spread the Excellent. word. Thank you, <laughs> you, you so Doc. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. We, Pastor I think Pastor, we had a great time, Pastor, Pastor Man. Yes, Man. yes. We look forward. Sailor at five. I'm. That's that's where Pastor Man will be preaching. Sailor at five. Yeah.
1: On All right. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. On Monday. <laughs> We're looking forward to that. And uh, go to pelp 2020com You don't want to miss this opportunity. Uh, You may have been hearing about Pelt. You've been saying, I want to get there. But here is your opportunity for $29. You can get everything. Did I say everything? I said everything everything for that low (laughs) price.
2: You you know where I think a a good link for this uh, would go, Roger? I know it's kind of late. But a great link um, to put this up would be PastorsRoundTable.com. This is our (laughs) free.
0: Pastor man, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so
3: much for having me. God bless
0: everybody. We'll be happy to give away those two registrations and you can use them as you need to. And um, we'll take care of that. Um, But thank you for being a part of making this particular roundtable a blessing and informational and sharing. Uh, with those who wanted to know what pelk was or may not have even known what pelk was and now they know and they have an opportunity and uh, to be a part of this wonderful opportunity to learn to get help to get more training and even just to let their hair down and praise the lord
2: amen amen (laughs) good stuff amen Amen. all right dion you want to start us off
1: well listen man (laughs) (laughs) Today was a day. Hey, listen, we we had the. Look, we had it's the nice to hear your voice, on. man. We, what man listen, we had the wrong guest on when this thing happened. My
4: friend, Doctor. Now I love it, man. Hey, it was hey. worth. The, thanks for inviting. me. It was worth the whole ride. That's right, that's right. Hey, hey, but hey, but, but listen, you, we,
1: you, we're gonna have to bring you down mm-hmm. here, man, so you can preach for my church, man, because you know we, we, there you we go, like. Go, keep that going. There you go, man. <laughs>
2: live live tv
1: it's live so uh, y'all let's let's end this thing listen thank you so much for joining the pastor's round table where we keep ministry relevant resourced and real
2: (laughs) take care y'all god bless me see you next week